Hey everybody, welcome to the Bros, Bibles, and Beer Podcast. This is the BBB. I am Jeff. We're coming to you from somewhere in Southern California. Zach Crater. Hello, I'm just uh, praying that Yosemite doesn't burn down. Oh, yes, okay. And uh, Annie McCraw. Proudly celebrating Kobe Day, 824. And uh, Scott Quarantine. Yeah, Scott is quarantining. He you were so close. It was so close to magic. <laughs> it was so close to magic. Just missed the post. We're, we're trying to yes, we're trying to get the uh, the intro in before we hit the high note, uh, and it failed. Um, yes, Scott. Um, he's not doing dishes. He's done with his dishes. That was weeks ago. He's um, having a quarantantrum. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought they were all taken. All those puns, but you did it. Yeah. Good job. Uh, <clears throat> He's having a quarantini. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, anyway, I uh, I didn't quarantine myself, but I was gone. I did go to to Idaho, where my dad lives, and so that uh, that was my last week. And you guys, you guys podcasted, didn't you? No, we took the week off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I. Uh, I would just had this thing, right? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go up and I'm going to, I'm going to see my dad because I, I talked to him about my, you know, my mom passing and he's, he's had sent me a text like, so sorry. And I'm like, you know, that, Whoa. that can't be, like that was, that was the, uh, yeah, the entire, that feels exchange. less, less than a human response. <laughs> well, uh, my dad, your is, parents were not yeah, together. No, my, yeah, my parents been divorced for, a, you know, many decades, but um, my dad is, he's quite a hermit and he's quite a, a creature of habit. I mean, he golfs Monday through Friday. He starts at 6 a.m. He plays with the same guys every single day. And then he uh, watches 10 hours of TV. Whoa. And so says he, and he's seen everything. It's like, have you seen this? You've seen this? I'm like, have you seen Ozarks? He's like, what's so he's that? Like How can you not have seen Ozark and you've seen everything else? And now I got him hooked. Oh, sorry. Got him hooked on that. And now he's probably done with all Two or three episodes. He's all timely. Have you seen Alf? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm like, okay, I just in my heart of hearts, I got to go see my dad because the text just doesn't do it. I got to see him face to face. I mean, this is this is my mom. This was his wife for 14 years or 15 years or whatever it was, and uh, I got to go see him. I go up there and um, long drive, Um, but I get up there um, and. You know, it's we had a, a, I would not say a decent talk, but I just kind of at some point share with him, like, you know, those that final week day, and 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 he's like, he could tell, you know, I was emotional, and he's he said, you know, that, you know, that could stick with you f- for you know the the rest of your life, really, and uh, you know, it's it's tough, it's very tough. Referring um, exactly to what to. You know, me being there with my mom at her death and which was you did you did briefly say during the episode we talked about it that there it was pretty traumatic. You didn't go into too much detail, but when you were there and doing CPR, yeah, it, was, it was a yeah. traumatic experience. Yeah, it was it was very yeah. Just trying to fill in uh the right. audio Sorry, listeners. Yeah. For uh, those I, of us not in the room. Yeah, my my mom had turned, I mean, things had turned south with her health. We have no idea what was going on. Doctors didn't really know what was going on. And next thing you know, she's, she's dying 
holding my hand at her house and I'm with her and she, I'm now I'm getting her down onto the ground so I can give, um, uh, compressions and I'm on the phone with 911. And then, so, you know, she ends up dying. Paramedics show up and they're like, we can't do anything. And so, uh, I'm sharing this with my dad and I'm kind of in tears and I, well, mm. I'm, I am in tears. I'm emotional. I'm just, yeah. but I, you know, and he, he just says, that's, God, that's just awful. Like, you know, it, it could be with you for the rest of your life. Just that, you know, the, those moments that, um, time, um, and that was it. That's all he had. And I was okay with that because he's pretty, pretty quiet. Um, he's pretty quiet and, and unemotional. Yeah, that doesn't sound very emotional. Yeah, and I didn't know what to expect. I think I was hoping for, I think I was hoping for, wow, my dad, like, is going to be, going to meet this emotion with me. Yeah. And he didn't. And Were you looking for a little rekindling, a little spark between you and your father? I was, I was hoping to get something, but in the end, within a moment, I was like, I can't. I can't put that on him because it's not meant it. This is, it was my experience and I'm sharing with him and he's listening and I'm just glad to be here talking with him. And, and so that was, that was pretty much that we never talked about it again. He never asked. I think, you know, he just doesn't want to go into uh, a vulnerable state or conversation or, you know, same things kind of happen when we've talked about Jesus and he's like, I know what you're doing. Like that's been my, has he past. always, is, is that consistent for him? Has he been like that your whole life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he, he uh, changed or anything. He's been very consistent and uh, that's, it's good. I mean, uh, it's good in that. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, it's good because he's not, he's not working outside of his, it's good for me because I know he's not trying to fake something. He's just like, it's, he's really just commenting on what he sees and hears. Like, that's very tough. It's very tough. Could be for the, for the rest of your life. You might not, you know, get past that or, you know, that might always be there. Like, yeah, I don't know. But. Yeah. And he's just emotionally disconnected from Kathy. Yeah. Enough to where is right. it legit? Like he's like, oh well, it's it's a bummer, but it's that happened, right? Pretty or, much. Or is he deflecting as well? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't th- see. I wouldn't. I would say that he doesn't. He never gets emotional so much. But there was one time that he was, and I tried to pull him out of his kind of uh unemotional state by going when um like did you have cremation for grandpa like his dad and he's like uh we did like we were on a weren't we on a boat didn't we spread ashes on the like ocean and he's like yeah i i brought this up because i remember that was the one time i saw him cry yeah in my entire life that's the one time i saw him crying and so I tried to bring some emotional moment, like 
does he remember what that's like? Mm. And, you know, I... You brought that up when you were visiting just recently? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, to try and kind of see if I see if there was anything... Dad, remember there. you have heartstrings. Right, Pull them. Right. So it, it was, it was just. And did a, he react to that? No, no, no. It was just a ten-minute conversation, the whole thing, and and yeah, I was just glad I could be in front of him and share it. Yeah, and he would sit and listen, and he gave me all he had. Mm. And that was good enough for me. I'm like, I've only been here for an hour and I could get in my car right now and, and go home. I think, um, because the text or a phone call is just not enough. So, uh, was there part of you going up there that expected that kind of response? I didn't think about it much. I just wanted to be in front of my father when I shared yeah. And I think a little bit of me has always hoped that my parents would be back together, like over the, you know, from day one that they divorced until, you know, my mom passing, like somewhere in there. I still had hope over the last couple of years that somehow they would end up miraculously getting back together. And yeah. like, um, so when. Until what age did you feel that? What do you mean? You said you like still having hope that your parents. Oh, are- I thought even a few years ago when my mom was having some. Uh, difficulties with actually this like last year I thought well it'd be so amazing if my dad came down and stayed with my mom and kind of looked after her and I in the back of my head I thought that might maybe that would happen and it was even mentioned um, by either my mom or dad I don't recall Yeah, and I'm like ooh Oh, maybe something will happen here and they will like reconnect or just in their, you know, in their seventies would, mm-hmm. you know, kind of not rekindle, but just be like, yeah, we belong together. You know, this, this started way back when and we broke it off. But yeah. anyway, why, why is that important for you? Um, my, so it's not, I mean, even though as a son who was broken by their divorce um, for a very long time, my dad's, my dad lived a whole lot better, uh, in my opinion, when they were together. Because my mom was, mm-hmm. you know, she just was the life of the party. And so my dad had friends, but he had friends through my mom's personality and and so he just had i think a better he couldn't go full curmudgeon he had a full like your mom yeah. would, would pull it out of him. right mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> like my part of my when i've asked years back my mom said your dad wouldn't go out dancing that's why we divorced <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like okay i mean he didn't want to you know he didn't want to spend money he didn't want to go mm. out he didn't want to take risks um and and so he was definitely a better man do you see yourself with her sorry to cut you off no go ahead do you see yourself uh going the other direction is that like a 
If I'm playing pop psychologist here, and little, I am. Little, little rebellion. I'm just following Andy's lead here. He's going hard I in the paint. I didn't know this was going to go in this direction. And but neither did we. No. Um, I thought we were going to talk about to Kanye West. Sports no. metaphor. <laughs> Andy's wearing his Lakers jersey. Mm. Currently, the Lakers are dominating in game four. 80 points in the first half. <laughs> 80 points. Um, but do you think you're going the opposite direction? You see the way your dad is. The uh, conservative, I don't mean it in the political or religious sense, but just like super tight, boring. We've got a little uh, technical issue. We're going to resolve it. It's all right. Oh, are you guys getting feedback? No, we're just, uh, it's just your mic keeps trailing away from you. It's, um, okay. I don't know if you have a breath mint or something. Maybe you're freaking it out. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Your your dad, you seem to act in a way that isn't. Is the other side of the coin to your dad? Is that? Uh, do you think you're doing that on purpose or subconsciously on purpose? The you are a hard charger, go getter. I know you get this from your mom, but that's but you think there's an element it. of like you see the way your dad is and you don't want to be that. No, I don't. No, and that's just a flat out no. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely my mom's personality, and so there's going to be no. There's going to be no holding back. Um, it's all in. And my dad was quite the opposite of that. It's like even um, when my parents, before they divorced, my dad had quit a really good job um, and he was going to start a restaurant. And they they came to California, back to California, because they both grew up in Long Beach. But they came back and started to investigate, like, okay, what's going to take to get a restaurant off the ground? And at some point, and this is where my mom, I think, broke. At some point, my dad's like, this is too much of a risk. The problem is he already mm. pulled the ripcord on a really good job. And now he's was like, well, we're going to do this. And after all of the research and investigating and figuring out finances and making this happen... Mm-hmm. It he backed out, and the moment cue he, the price is wrong. Sound yeah, and the moment he backed out, my mom pulled. I'm fairly certain that's how it went down. She pulled the ripcord because it's like, wait, security, yeah, gone. I'm gone. This is not the life that we were living. It's not like there's a whole lot there. But anyway, um, I'm certainly am not going against. I have a lot of my dad's qualities. Um especially when it comes to like finances and um, but it, but when it comes to like living, my dad just doesn't, he doesn't do much. He's a hermit Mm. and he's very, you know, every day is the same day. Whereas I'm like, Whoa, let's go to Italy. No, like right now. And <laughs> and that is that's my is like you mean little Italy? <laughs> Italy? If I told my wife Italy. we're going to Italy right now, she'd be like, right now? That that's the one place that she would pack her bags immediately. Like, we're going right now. I'm like, we're just ditching the kids and we're gonna go. And she, her brain would just go and she'd be like, Where's the plane? Like, we're gone. Anything, any other place, yeah, it's going to take some pro. Do you think that anyone refers to the bad parts of Italy as shittily? (laughs) Continue, Jeff. (laughs) They do now. Uh, I got another question for you, Jeff. Yep. 
since we're doing this, um, legitimately, how are you doing with the trauma? Like what, uh, I, I know there can be like the image of your mom is, right. is traumatic. I know that comes back and you don't get to control when that comes back necessarily. Correct. Um, how are you coping and are there, are there things that maybe are okay for now that maybe be like, if this keeps going or if my response to this is like this for long, it's probably, um, a warning sign. I don't know. How are you coping? Well, that's no, a, that's I gotta a lot, tell you, but I gotta tell you my first, to, don't point at to me. To be quite honest with you, to be quite honest with you, I initially, when you started talking, I'm like, I immediately started deflecting in my brain. Nice. But I'm I mean it's nice that you know that you did that. Yeah. Because we know that you did that. I'm like <laughs> No, you know that we know. I'm like, no, I'm fine with that. You know, that stuff comes up and I just like five point five out of five, guys. <laughs> <laughs> five star uh, review. Five star review. <laughs> so there's that thing when like thoughts, like sinful thoughts come across your brain, you're like, it's capture it. And that's, you know, and get rid of it. Could you give me the Bible verse there? Oh, yeah. I'm going to, like, the thoughts, like, oh, I think I shouldn't, but I'm going to look up slow motion cat videos. <laughs> Especially slow motion cat that's videos. That's what he's talking about. Sliding into trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Did you see whiskers? <laughs> anyway, there's there's that thing that pops up in my brain where I'm like, yeah. I don't want to see this. Like, this is my mom's last moment of life. Yeah. And, um, and I dis, I'm like, get, I need to capture that thought and get rid of it. And, and I, when I mentioned I was deflecting, I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. I just, you know, whatever. But really it pops up and I have, serious grief yeah. for like three seconds of like horrible grief. And, yeah. and then I'm like, I can't stay here. There's no reason to stay here. And I, you know, I'm, and it goes away and I'm like, okay, well that was a whole lot less than what it was three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago it was like five seconds of grief. <laughs> it was longer. Like I wasn't sleeping mm. and, and now I'm sleeping and I don't know, I'm not, I haven't had that, you know, at night where I'm like, oh, I just can't get this out of my head. Mm. And so it, it, like it popped up today or yesterday just for like a couple seconds. I'm like, oh, and I immediately see like all of, mm -hmm. it's so easy to think about my mom, images of my mom, because they're all smiles, yeah. like always how can I help you? How can I say, Oh my gosh, we're having so much fun. Let's go do this. You're, you know, amazing son. Like those things I can immediately repl like mm -hmm. replace yeah. that thought. And, and that's good. And so that I'm coping well. And, um, but I, I don't, it's not that I don't deflect the sadness. Um, I just try not dwell on it yeah. too much and slowly it's less and less. Um, and I'm hoping I get to the point where 
like I loved my mom and I'm actually I can't even say that like I'm okay with her being gone because I'm not um so I'm kind of it's just it is yeah. it is what it is it's like you lose a parent and yeah. they're a great parent you're like no don't want that but it life just happened and that was it and I can't I can't get that back so yeah. having some having sadness is I guess it's just normal yeah and sorry that was long-winded well no it's fine sometimes Andy, things it was long-winded but it's fine <laughs> go ahead <laughs> go ahead Andy sometimes things hurt forever right Oops, yeah I like that you moved that microphone after we took time to really set it up for you perfectly. Well, I wanted to sit back in the chair more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, some stuff hurts forever. I mean, it won't hurt the same, but like that, in a weird way, like it's okay to know that. Yeah, How do you know? That's where you get weird. How do I know? Yeah. Well, I can't tell you. Technically, I guess no one can tell you forever, but. There's, yeah, there's then, death that still hurts that's 12 years old from yeah. our life. Right. Yeah. Lindsay lost her best friend like 12 years ago and it was tragic. And um, it doesn't hurt the same, but it still hurts. Like it still sucks. And if I spend enough time thinking about it and she spends enough time thinking about it, it still sucks. Right. Yeah. Lisa and I lost Shane 15 years ago. Which is crazy. That's wow. face melting. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, that's. Well, I was going to piggyback on Andy. I, I think the human, the human desire to find closure, is understandable. But I, I think Andy's onto something real rich and meaningful. And it's kind of like I've, I'm going to butcher a saying by a philosopher that is like the the only happiness you find is when you come to the full realization that there is no happiness. And, and there's something to that. It sounds stupid and, and, and wonky a little bit, but there's something that to the fact that, that life will continue to disappoint you. And the sooner you agree to roll with those waves, the more you can be like, all right, we're, we're in this. Like, uh, you don't need to find closure for your mom or like to settle the score. I don't need to settle the score right. on, on Shane dying it. I, mm-hmm. I wish it didn't happen. It's not, right. I guess some people, especially certain sex of Christian sex, sects, um, they believing God has a plan in everything in that, like God in the, in the sense of like dialing everything in and well, this happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. I really don't buy that personally. And part of that is my own experience. I understand how that can be really helpful, but I think life, if you're paying attention, will obliterate that. And, and that can be devastating until you Mm. realize that like, not everything happens for a reason, but everything happens and you can hug the people you're with and love the people you're with and that you have now and celebrate what you have had in the past. Yeah. There's a, how we respond moment that as you said life is going to happen so how we respond obviously there's going to be something natural in how we respond to death uh and how it happens if it's happens in an instant 
car crash or something, if it happens, you know, over time, um, you know, life happens. And I certainly would agree with you, Zach, that things happening for a reason and like things happen. And then we, we respond and I guess, you know, I feel like to bring this back, I feel like I'm responding well, like my life is not falling apart. Like I, I had, a, I have a good foundation. My parents gave that to me and, and through semen and egg. Thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought in a good way. There's a good, there's a, there's been like the sadness is good, but it's only good because of how much my mom loved being mm-hmm. my mom. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's rich. Yeah. I guess the, cl- uh, the, like the only thing the that this pandemic thing is really screwing up is like getting closure on friends, being able to show up and share, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one place where I'm really, I'm like, this is just hanging there. Yeah. And I don't like that. And I've heard of other people having done funerals and stuff. I'm like, really? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I, I want to do like an all call out to mm. everybody and be like, okay, we're going to do this. But don't rush it. Do it right. Right. The people will come. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Patience. I also, think- you could do a smaller one for the, the tight, the tightness. Well, probably to people you care about <laughs> deeply as the tightness. Well, probably just like family, like a funeral family and, um, that's the tonight's funny. episode is called the tightness. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let that one go. Sorry. Uh, I, I think you are onto something though, which is, uh, we can't predict these things and, and it's hard to, pre- it's hard to predict what our reactions are to them, like how we deal with them. And it can be hard to, to predict the, our reactions on a day-to-day basis. Like I'm sure you're having days where you're waking up and you're like, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling okay. I'm having sweet memories of my mom. And and then you're having other days that are really hard. And it's there's maybe no pattern to it. I don't know if that's if that's the case. Well, I mean, you're very close because most days I wake up I'm like, nope. 5.5. My, my back's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I oh, I can get out of bed. Yeah, I don't it's always in it's always in the late night where my brain just starts thinking about everything. Yeah. That's pretty much where it's at. And that's gotten a whole lot better. So, and there aren't, there aren't, there really aren't any bad, there aren't bad days. It's like, there was one bad day and that was the day that my mom passed. But, uh, but then after that, it's like, you know what? Reflecting on this life that she lived and put in, I got to, be in there. I said this before. I'm like, this is, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a blessed man and son. So I, I can only keep on living the good days ahead. Um, because that's what you passed on to me. So you can feel those things. And in the same breath, have a terrible day. Like those things can easily coexist. No, not going to do it. Not going to do it, Andy. 
You can, de- you can deny it all you want to, like, Jeff, when, but we know that it's there. When Zach, we can when, smell it on when you. Zach said, um, there's no happiness, or, you know, there was a philosopher, there's no happiness. He, he was quoting that. No, I know. He was I know. quoting my chemical ro- romance from but the when early he, 2000s. But when he, but when he the most said emo that, thing ever said. When, he, when Zach said, the philosopher, I'm going to, you know, jack this up, and and I uh, said, you know, there's, no, have said it. No ha- there's no, ha- right. no happiness, I'm like, oh, like that is the opposite of my thinking. Like at that, I don't have that in my DNA. It's like it's good. It's always good, even when it's bad. Like bad circumstances. I'm like, there's a silver lining in this. That's what I'm always looking for. You guys, Zach, you know me more better than Andy does, but you know I'm always looking for the silver lining in everything. Yeah, I'm still pretty sure your last name is Pearson. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. We, we were, were the pears, and then they gave us the sun. You know, we're the son of the pear. Yeah, well, I'm looking for that fruit basket. <laughs> Man, it's a bummer that you, your parents never did start the Pearson Pizza Parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants pear on pizza? That's disgusting. It's gross. Uh, I I guess it's my when it, when I hear you saying those things, and I think the first thing that comes to mind is is like getting okay with with uh recognizing the the sad the sad parts and and knowing that you can still find silver linings throughout that all too like again these things easily coexist next to each other and and, and there's it's honoring i think both of those things are honoring to your mother the sadness and and the joyful memories well and i i would agree and also I'm thinking back to our podcast with um, Brian Lockridge Lockridge, and our experiences shape us and the people we're around shape us. Our parents shape us, mentors shape us, people that take us in shape us, big brothers, you know, all these things shape us. And my mom, she shaped me to be someone who just, I mean, I coached, I coached forever and I teach now. And it was, I had, I have like quotes, like we overcome adversity, like nothing will stop us today. Like on my wall in my classroom, it's like, I can, and I will succeed. Like that just, that was just built into my, my growing up from my mom. And like, I, I just don't know how to, be down and out for days and days. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. There's something to that. The, I was talking to a friend about that particular episode with Brian and cause he's just like, he's a motivated guy. He is not, he, he's going to achieve and you're a similar, you're similar like that. And I think that's one of the, I think it's kind of in the concert. It seems like more people politically conservative have it's that bootstrap pull yourself up mentality and there's legit pushback against that if that's the only way you see every person regardless of their circumstance but what i think generally the left misses is there can be a template of you're down and you're going to be down that's just the way life is because that's the way the system is um, and that does kids no favors as they grow up. Right. And I I think there's a happy medium of like, 
no matter your circumstance, maybe it's not, maybe you didn't, weren't born into a circumstance. Maybe you don't have the people that jump into your life like they did for Brian and he was able to get out of his right. shitty circumstance. Regardless, if you have, if you can have a little bit of the mentality of like, I can do this, I can, the ne- whatever the next thing is to better myself or better my situation, I can go for that. I can shoot for that. Uh, and so I, I just think, I think the extremes, as usual, the extremes miss out uh, and the extremes are unhealthy. I think, yeah. I feel like we're conflating issues though. Oh, totally. What do you think we do, Andy? <laughs> it's potluck yeah. time. No, yeah, I, I think that I think grieving is a is a very different thing than feeling sorry for yourself or or victimized feeling, oh, feeling oh, the victim. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 totally. Um, and and so I I think there's something to the fact that uh, death is a rarity in our part of the world, like. It seems like it's the exception. Premature death seems like it's the oh, exception, right? right? We, we just don't encounter it that often. And, and if you travel to other parts of the world, it's much more prevalent. prevalent. You see it you see it popping up all over the place. And, and I think it's, it's... Maybe we're less well-equipped. Like, yeah, we're less well-equipped. We're, we're less used to it. There's no... We don't have the, the playbook necessarily because we deal with it on such an un, infrequent basis. And, uh, and so when we do deal with it and when it is close and personal to us, uh, I think a lot of us encounter this as like this foreign object in the room and we don't have the tools to deal with it properly because we, we don't have any practice. Um, and, and that's why I, I've noticed at least in my life in, in, in loss like that, that, um, give there, there's never a timeline. Like you don't give people a timeline. You don't give yourself a timeline of, Hey, I've, this is how long I feel bad about it. Or this is how long you're I supposed to have been feel out of this by now. Yeah. Dang it. I should be feeling better about this or, or my spouse should be feeling better about this or this person should be feeling better about this. And it doesn't work that yeah, way. You can't put that on anybody. It just doesn't work that way. But people do. And there's a hideous stat of, People that have lost a child or for some reason is combined with people that have a child with special needs, the the stats on couples staying together through that is is not good. Right. And part of the reason for that is like, this person is not, they don't care like I do. Why are they, mm. I've mentioned it before. Lisa could have said, why, why is he playing video games all day? We just lost our son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's because I need an escape. And um, I think there, there's a lot to allowing people to grieve in their own way and just giving space for that. But man, if you don't have the support system, I don't know how with Lisa and I, we had mm-hmm. entire church family, so many people coming in, checking in Yeah, huge support system. I don't, I just said system. I don't know how people, uh, this <laughs> dragon's milk beer is incredible and I'm catching a buzz uh, straight from the dragon's nipple. <laughs> Um, it's got marshmallows in it. What? Yeah, I'm gonna read the label. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, my eyes! I right. can't read the label. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's the it's the COVID chocolate dark chocolate. It's 
Say it into the mic. I, but I can't read from the light. In that. <laughs> Scotch barrel aged stout with marshmallow and dark chocolate. It's 11% and it is fantastic. Zach, could you hand me my walker? I've got to go to the bathroom. My New Holland. I do too, actually. <laughs> you guys should go together. Where was I? No crossing the streams. No, support. Well, yeah, without support. I don't, people that don't have support, man, I don't, I don't know how you do it. You need... Because if you're just if you're just in your own echo chamber, or you're just you and your spouse, and you have nobody to bounce ideas off of and check, hey, I'm feeling really frustrated by the way this other person is grieving, and then you got people like, okay, well, just slow down, you know, giving you a different perspective. It's so needed. Do you do you feel Zach like you and Lisa? I guess at some point in there, did you feel like you guys were intentional about your grieving process? No. I want to say yes, but I don't think so. We are intentional about it now. We both recognize what happened, Hmm. but somehow it just played out where somebody, one person is crushed and they're going to be checked out Hmm. and do no, no responsibilities for the marriage or the household. They're not Hmm. going to do anything. And you could just tell like, Okay. And then something in the other person, there's mm. like a spark of like, okay, I got this now. And so giving, it just sort of happened. I feel like we were lucky. In my old days, I would say we were blessed, but I, I just think there, there's a little bit of like the type of person Lisa is the type of person I am. We just kind of got lucky because I, I don't think it always ends up that way. Plus yeah. there's lots of people around us that would have held our feet to the fire if one of us is going off the rails and not being uh, graceful towards the other. You need people to tell you no or knock it off. And what does it look like? You said back then you guys weren't intentional about it, but more so now. Just lots of talking. Um, When now it's like the, the extreme bouts of grief seem to come less but they they come and it's not necessarily triggered by a specific date like jeff knows like the the thoughts or the feelings all the feels can just come when they come yeah and so when they do then it's like we we recognize them quicker and we can say hey i'm going through this mm. and then we end up talking about it and just even just remembering the the grief mm. Uh, in the past, just kind of reminiscing on that together is kind of how we re- we pieced together how we did it. But maybe she'd have other things to say about that. But I remember at the time there wasn't like a plan. We mm. didn't have a. We, it's important that we allow each other to grieve. Yeah. Um, I I think probably got a little bit of that from Todd and Pastor Todd, former guest on the show. Uh, Reverend he, the Pastor Todd. He he did the funeral. And, um, we probably had a couple people mm-hmm. coaching us to allow ourselves, but I don't remember it being like, this is our playbook for grieving. Just, just, you just do the work to use a cliche, cliche. <laughs> oh gosh. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you're doing the work. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. But enough about me and enough about me. How are you grieving, Andy? It's Kobe day. That feels like... 
a little too lighthearted. And I know. Must have, I tell loss. you what, though, Kobe died this year. How crazy is this year that it's like um, that feels like ages ago, and yet it, it just happened. <clears throat> Australia burned to the ground. We should have known that this was yeah that was the marker that to, this would be the worst year of all the years. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think, oh, I was out of town. We didn't, you guys did podcast. I wasn't around to be able to podcast on that day. Uh, I'm not even going to try to attempt to put uh, <laughs> losing Kobe Bryant amidst the other losses here. So no, this is ahead. not even I, going uh, to, yeah. I dare no, you, maybe Andy. don't. Yeah. <laughs> maybe no, don't. Give not it your even best gonna, shot. Not even going to, even attempt to go there. Um, but let's, let's well, talk about something else. Well, Can yes. we? I will say this. Uh, we were chatting earlier today, Jeff, and, and, Gosh, I finally, I, I finally got to a point. Maybe I've hit a few of these where, um, oh, is this the news inundation? Yeah, lis- listening to news, even listening to like, well, you know, my favorite podcast started. Uh, it just started invoking anxiety in me. Yeah, and I was hearing news stories from other countries, and and I it just started. I got, I got freaked. I could feel this like low level, uh, anxiety, just, just hovering beneath the surface. And, and then my brain tends to go to other things like work things that are causing anxiety with me. And, and it made itself into a beautiful little anxiety stew. Compound anxiety interest. And I concurred because I had the same, I kept, I kept listening to the best podcast in the universe except this one and i we're the best alliterative podcast that's it um and sorry I, heretic happy hour <laughs> suck it and, and i'm like i when you mentioned that i'm like i had that horrible feeling as well but i just i kept listening and it was terrible i'm like this is i you start to do like well what if like yeah. what if what's happening there happens here also and that shit can bleed into your that anxiety can really bleed gross. into your family. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a really gross if, image. If Thanks. your shit is bleeding into anything, Ugh. see a doctor, get rid of it. Don't trust Whitey. <laughs> the Lord loves a working man, the jerk. Hang up the phone and go see a doctor. <laughs> oh, man. But that's that stuff can really seep into... I'm not making it better. Yeah, still bad. That shit seeps into your family life. And it can affect the way you treat your kids or how short you... I mean, for me, it's like it usually results in a... I'm going to be quiet, I'm anxious, and I'm angry, and so I'm kind of, I am kind of shut down, and then I'm prone to impatience over stupid stuff that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Take it out in the family. Why did your socks ever match? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it, it comes out in certain ways. I think when we... Uh, when I don't address those things, uh, it, it will show up. Uh, it'll show up in different places. Whether it is me shutting down, whether it is being short with people I care about, um, yeah, or avoidance. Avoidance is another one. Uh, I can tend to go down that that route too. So uh, I know it seems a little goofy, but there is there is that that pause app. That's uh, John Eldritch's pause app. And it's nothing magical or special or or like highly complex, but it just is designed to have you. This is P A W S. 
<laughs> yeah, pause. You just look at pictures of dogs on the internet. And Actually, that would help. I would feel great just about slow that. slow motion puppies. I think, I'm, I, think I know <laughs> my exit plan. wide angle lens. <laughs> <laughs> it just says... Who's a good boy? <laughs> That's you're, great. The dog looks at you and says, you're a good boy. <laughs> Hold your thought. But I do remember when I was working and I was, I was in a yard and there was a puppy, a spaniel puppy, super clumsy, chasing a butterfly shadow. And I couldn't help but just, I, it made my day. Like I needed that just... Stupid, unabashed joy. Like I am doing, I am having the best day of my life right now. This is the dog, not me. Mm. I'm not yeah. Jeff. I never say that. But it, it just seeing that is like that is what it means. If you could be the perfect human, and there's like all the shame fades away, and you are exactly who you're meant to be in the fullness of life. It was. It's in that puppy chasing the butterfly shadow. Yeah, and then. Yeah, and that's that's that. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so uh, it's been helpful. It's been helpful for me to um, quite literally hit pause um, on my on my thoughts and on my emotions, and and it just kind of centers you around a very like simplistic statement. Like, um, so you've been doing this? Yeah, I've yeah. been doing it. Oh, nice. Um. Things like Jesus, I was made for union with you. I was made for union with you, God. Like these kind of like reflexive statements that it, it goes through, and it's very slow. And there's a little bit of music going. It's literally one minute. It takes one minute, and even in that one minute, I catch myself. Like my mind will start to wander, and it'll start to like go to oh, yep. but I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then this thing is coming up, and ah, oh, I got to take care of that problem over there and put out this fire. And I have to catch myself in the middle of that and go like, okay, hang on, just slow down, read those words, let them sink in. Um, they're not, they're not magical words, but, and they're not, uh, they're, they're not even like the most complex truths, but, uh, but doing that has been super helpful. And, and then honestly, like, uh, checking my, my content intake, like, like, which can easily be translated to like, how much are you looking at your phone? For me, that that would be it. Like, am I just looking for and and if I catch myself looking for content to fill empty space all the time now, like, well, what what's causing that? Why am I doing that? Why do I feel the need to to fill empty space? Is it because I've got low level low, low grade anxiety that's hanging out there that the moment that I'm quiet and not distracted, now I'll pay attention to that. Right. Like I'm trying to avoid it. So, the pause app has been really good. And Lindsay recommended it to me. That's my wife. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she's like, check it out. Zach. What? Uh, so Andy's working on his self with the pause app. I see you have a book, the gospel of self. Um, we, you were holding it there and you just set it down and you got some thoughts there. I got a piece so bad. <laughs> Uh, the gospel itself is a book about me and how I am the good news and that helps me decrease anxiety. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't have an ego. Uh, I like that. Does your, I like that your wife, I'm not deflecting. I'll get to this. I just have a quote. Wow. Here we go. 
But I do like that Lindsay recommended that. Yeah. Even though I'm guessing people are complicated. When you say the name John Eldridge, there was a time where I would have been like, yeah, John Eldridge. Nowadays it's like, oh man, uh, just a little bit fairy tale and classical, like go get that woman and save her from the dragon and then you can have her. And yeah, uh, it's a little bit simplistic, but people are complicated and there is something to finding simple truths and um, marinating on them. It's a very uncontroversial app, at least yeah. thus far. I've not made it to the second level of wizardry yet, but once I get there and I get the bonus golden flame, then mm. I think I should yeah. be it un- is scandalous. Start unlocking the real truths. Yeah. yeah, well, if I know John Eldridge, those truths will saunter into your ears and you will absorb them well, dramatically. I am looking for the sword to arrive in the mail any yes. day. Yes, yes. Third <laughs> level right there, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know he's, he's a polarizing figure, but, uh, but I'm able to set that aside and, and, and accept the thing for what it is. And it's been helpful for me. Um, so I, unlike you, Zach, don't have, um, weird hangups. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I love the fact that I know we know people that John, lots of people, John Eldridge in his glory days, like going back a decade or so, um, there's there are people in our lives that re- it was what they needed sure and the, the trick is to always self analyze and okay what's next is this something that i need to stay in or do i need to press the boundaries and see what's next and the danger is you, you never press those boundaries but i i just don't like when and i've heard it often about people like john eldridge that people that see can only see the the parts they hate, and it's like he is that, and he can't do anything besides that, and that's a mistake too. And maybe it's maybe it's not for you. That's fine. This isn't this is going beyond John. El- it's not even John yeah, Eldridge. It's as, like no matter the thing, it's a personality type. It's it's actually it has zero to do with John Eldridge. It has to do with the person. There are people who are just haters, and they will poke holes in everything, and they can't get on board with it. And then there's the reverse, who are like groupies. And we'll follow the person until they die. John, I need some yeast from your beard. I'm trying to make some homebrew, and I would like some of your yeast. Beard yeast? That's disgusting. All right, the gospel of self. What's going on here? Strike two, and you're going on here. Gross. Well, this might be a tease. We'll see what happens. Uh, It's a good, it's a good, uh, good jump off for a bigger conversation. But I, I just remembered speaking of media sources and getting anxious for things. I thought of this quote before I came over here. And so I had to look it up and this is, uh, we've talked about this book way back in the day, the gospel of self, how Jesus joined the GOP. This is by Terry Heaton. He worked at the 700 club under Pat Robertson for a while. Um, so it's a little bit of an expose, but it's not, He's not slinging mud. He's just mostly recounting his time and how he's changed over the years. But this is uh, from February 1985. And I think this is this would be going into Reagan's second term. Uh, Pat Robertson told him, we don't necessarily have to prevent... No, 
we don't necessarily have to present everything as a crisis. This is speaking of uh, raising money in the 700 Club. Uh, we don't have to pre present everything as a crisis, but it's impossible to make a change when everybody feels good about existing circumstances. That's the mistake Reagan has made. He got reelected, but now faces difficulty in implementing change since he sold the country on the fact that everything is hunky-dory. Now, my Do you think he's wrong? My reason for for thinking of that quote is that like, Reagan was like credit cards for everybody. That is what everyone is doing now. Whether it's a crisis or not, we must present as a crisis. Otherwise, oh, yeah. we lose ground. Do you think now? You think that's new? No, no, no. No, oh. no I war, was just, it's a war on everything. I was reminded <laughs> of that quote because that is what it's it's a tale as old as time, but if if you're not seeing the big picture, you're going to be a a partisan cult member of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party and you're going to buy into the rhetoric that like this is an existential crisis and this is the most important election of our time in the history of the world. And maybe it is. I don't know. Time will tell. But I do know that that phrase has been echoed about every election mm -hmm. in my lifetime. Yeah. And we lose that perspective. Um, I do, guys, I'll tell you what, what I do know is that this is the most recent election in the history of mankind to us. <laughs> and I have to pee. So reactions. All right. You're not wrong, Zach. It is the most recent election. I, I, I think it's really easy to... to I think it's really easy to pin that on political views, but I think that um, fear as a motivator probably strikes most of us stronger than than positive sure. motivators. If you think about it this way, like uh, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, I got some bad news. You got to make some changes to your diet or you're going to die in five years because your cholesterol is doing terrible. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. If the doctor instead you, you go and you make those changes, right? This is serious. I'm but terrible. Things will happen if I don't do this. I'm heading to Jersey Mike's, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. As as you're like the hoagie falls out of your mouth. <laughs> What's that, doctor? I'm delicious. You're uh, practicing, right? You don't really know. You're just practicing on yeah, me. Go let ahead. us know when you get better. <laughs> um, versus the doctor goes in and is like, yeah, you know what? I mean, it's it's all right. It's pretty good. I guess you're doing all right. You could be doing a little bit better if you wanted to. And, you know, just keep an eye on it and stuff will be all right. No, oh, thanks for not making me scared, doc. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, I have nothing to change then. There's no, there, there's no, like fear is a motivator. And I guess uh, there's fear and reward, right? Like those can be the primary motivators yeah, for action. Totally. Um, And, and those are, probably uh they probably align with personality types too i imagine that there are certain people that are more susceptible to any of those kinds of things um you know like people want to look good or want to uh, come through or or i don't want to disappoint like in terms of fear or reward or well, yeah, like for me, I, I would say fear is usually a really great immediate motivator. Like I will take a high bias for action if there's a scenario that I'm, oh my gosh, this is going good. Address it immediately. Let's get this taken care of versus like the option for reward, especially I think 
this ties back. I've said it, I don't know how many times, even on the podcast too, where uh, I feel like one of the most difficult things about living in South Orange County is that most people are doing pretty good. Like, not okay, not amazing, pretty good. And when you're when you're living in pretty good, you don't feel like you need to do much and you don't need to change much. Like, what? Why do I need church? Why do I need Jesus? Why, I don't feel like I. I don't feel like I actually really need anything else because I'm pretty good. And it can be difficult to see other people or identify with other people people's circumstances that maybe aren't doing so pretty good, or they have a different take on why things aren't pretty good. Sure. Yeah. No. It, it, yeah. You because you're that that is your world. Yeah. Um. But but I do want. I think, like I said, I've, I've mentioned it before. And it was one of the things that I noticed moving down here. It seems ironic moving down here from Santa Barbara, um, which is an affluent area of the nation. In case you don't live near there, or you haven't been there. Mm. Uh, but I do recall like feeling that sense of moving into Orange County, like almost 20 years ago and being, gosh. Uh, and I noticed that I think most, I, I noticed most initially in churches, in the churches that I was attending or visiting or playing music at, I caught this, this general vibe that came through that there was, um, it sounds a little cliche to say it or whatever. And, and so, uh, Go re- ahead and receive say it. it in the way that it's intended, but there was, there was a lack of like desperation for their faith, so to speak. Does that make sense? Should I unpack? Yeah, you're, you're un- an a-hole. Unpack desperation. <laughs> I'm not an a-hole. They're just well, apathetic Christians, okay? <laughs> like, uh, we're just here hanging out. It's such a fun place to be. That kind of was the vibe. Well, yeah. ultimately, in church, aren't we looking for community? We're looking for people to do life with. And the idea of, like, um, this Christian thing is great because we found community and that's a fun thing. And it's ultimately for me, it'd be like, but you can get that in a bowling league rewarding. Yeah. But you know, the person is bowling and then smoking a cigarette next to me. I'm like, I don't like this guy. He bowls good and we're team wins, but I'm not really down with the cigarette smoking. <laughs> Sorry, the, the, and then the Jesus steps up in the lane next to you <laughs> and says, "Nobody, <laughs> I should we should just play this." Nobody's going to smoke anymore in these bowling alleys. No, it, it's a. You mentioned that it seemed like people like weren't really into the following Jesus part. We're just going to church. And it's blah. It just seemed like it was an. It's a nice thing to do on Sunday, and mm. and I'm I'm as long as it doesn't get in the way of the nine thirty football game. I am painting with a the broadest of brushes. So what I'm trying to give you is were there like were there exceptions to that? Of course, were there tons of people that like bucked that experience uh, totally, but there I remember being surprised and going like, wow, I don't feel like I've encountered it, this at least not this much or to this degree of um yeah church is a nice thing that that i kind of do on sunday and and that's good yeah, yeah it's a box checker it, it it felt a little more box checky to me 
And and I and I the more I sat in and the more I lived in Orange County, the more I looked at it and went, Oh, it I just can't dodge the idea that this is connected to also like my life is just pretty good. And so I don't maybe at the end of the day I don't feel like I really need Jesus. Yeah. Do you think there's people I out there that do need Jesus? <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that question, dude. <laughs> How drunk are you right now? Oh my gosh. Whoa, 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 oh my whoa, gosh. Whoa. <clears throat> whoa. I had this image. I'll tell you right now. No, 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 no. The record, though, my answer is, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Oh I know it gosh. seems so simple. Like, yes, they do. But it just depends on well, what that he's means. Well, he's like, I don't really need, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of casual. You what, the trailblazers need Jesus. Jesus right now. <laughs> yeah. It's 117 to 92 with 10 minutes left. The Lakers are going to score 150 points. What? Oh, my gosh. They're going to score 150 points. How many points do they have right now? 119. Oh. There's 10 minutes left. Uh, I, I mean, the reason I mentioned that is you're talking about people are like, yeah, dude, or do I really need Jesus? You know, things are good. I no don't one really ever said it. It was never. No, it, I know. It was never I know. But said. you're looking at, you're making some assumptions. Totally. And that's maybe the dangerous part when the people next to you seem okay all the while, which is why it's important to, to kind of create relationships and dig in is all the while that person next to you that seems happy and everything's great, you know, is actually just tortured inside and you just, yeah, not far below the veneer of right. we're doing fine. Right. There is that need that it changes. I think the community we're in, you're not wrong, Andy. I, I just, Maybe in if if it's less affluent or well, Mountain View, it's that goes against Mountain View's. Uh, uh, what's the word that we call uh, authenticity? Is the is authenticity the, with self? Yeah, yeah. What do we call those things? They're not. They're like tenets. Values. Yeah. So so Mountain View values authenticity of self, right? right. Which is contradictory to what I'm describing. And, I, and, and I would say, I bet the, the, the type of person that I'm thinking of that I'm describing probably doesn't recognize that in themselves. Yeah. Probably, probably feels in general because maybe they're, they're less introspective. It's, this is an easy one because it's like a straw man. There's no, I'm not actually <laughs> naming any individual person. It's like you're person. doing what everybody does on social media. I know, so continue. I know. You're going to ha- form an ironclad argument against a fake opponent. However, I have 20 <laughs> years of research of Orange County and I'm going to rely on that scientific research. It, you're just, it, you're recounting a model and as you, uh, not a human model, a, uh, it's like a model that are, a model is always wrong. As you said, Andy, which you but didn't say, but you quoted somebody else. Sometimes they're useful. And in this case, I would like to say it's useful. So please continue. Yeah. So I, I, so I do think, uh, if you go back to what becomes your motivator and if fear or pain is not the motivator, if it's not an existing motivator, um, if it's not that much in your space, again, I'm looking at it saying, if things are pretty good, then I don't feel a strong desire to change anything in myself or in my immediate world. 
And if I have the perception that the things around me are pretty good, then I'm not going to try to change that. Which is totally correct. And if you go back to that Pat, Thank Robert, you. Pat Robertson Gosh. quote, um, the, the, when it gets to an organizational level, if we allow people to think it's pretty good, then we don't raise money. Our ministry doesn't grow or our political platform doesn't grow, or we can't convince, convince people that everyone's, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's, yes, That's uh, there's a weird version of it for churches that need to like get tithing. They, they need to receive tithes. Like how much, how much of this. So John MacArthur is fighting the fight against the state to keep meeting, which I think is ongoing. His church in California, which is they've not they've not stopped. It got complicated, but so they're still meeting in the midst of this. People cannot meet in large gatherings due to COVID. John MacArthur is making the claim about religious gatherings and you're violating the Constitution, constitutional right. Well, Uh, that's part of it, but he's also saying that um, their primary their primary duties or or responsibilities are that's not responsibilities, not the word, but Basically, Jesus is their Lord, not the state. Right. And that all sounds good and, and fine. Um, and if I sound dismissive, it's because I am. But <laughs> but, but uh, I'm wondering if you take out, if you took money out of the equation, how much of, how much of uh, big Christian organizations freaking out would be like, okay, fine. We, we'll, we'll just, we'll do small groups outside. It's because the church isn't gathering in large groups inside a building that costs too much. Uh, and that's not wrong per se, but there is a budget for these things. And that budget is under attack if people cannot meet in the building because they tithe less. Yeah. I hear uh, what you're saying. I don't think that's the case with MacArthur. I read, I, I read their treaties. Dang it. <laughs> uh, that could be the case in the, in the uh, North point. I think that's the other one. That's um, mm. what's his face's church. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Andy Stanley's church. And and that's a church of like 30,000 people, which dwarfs the size of uh, MacArthur's oh, church. That was too much. Sorry. Andy We're... Stanley is 30,000. I think there's 30,000 at North Jeez. point church and they pulled the, they pulled the rip cord on their church for the year. What? So, yeah, they're not meeting it until 2021. Wow. I heard they have gold packed in the drywall, though. That's possible. That's probably... They can absorb it. Yes, into the gold drywall. It gets absorbed into it. Uh, I'm I'm hesitating on my, like, and I have some criticism to say, of keep, his leadership because I feel like they cut off their nose to spite their face because he, he housed... He has their entire like statement that this is basically, this is real leadership that we are not going to wait. We're going to make the decision to not meet until 2021. (laughs) That's courageous. I can interpret that multiple ways. What? That's real leadership. And so uh, it's like, if technically he's doing something for his organization from the front, (laughs) He's doing something. He's leading. That's that's for sure. And and if like if you force me to to choose between the two approaches, one is Andy Stanley is like the ultimate. He's leadership through succumbing, and John MacArthur is 
uh, they, it was like a four page uh, dissertation on biblical reasons why churches should still be meeting. And I kind of liked John MacArthur's approach of going like, no, listen, we don't. Who's John MacArthur? Grace to you, Andy. <laughs> That's who John MacArthur is. We'll edit that out. I don't, I don't align. I'm not saying this is a, a, a total endorsement of everything that John MacArthur does. And there's no one that I totally endorse. But and you'd probably endorse less than that even. Keep going. Sorry, I just got I got dragon's milk. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All I'm uh, saying is that there's there are multiple approaches, and if we're looking at these these two these two approaches, in my mind, are the bookends of how you go about doing this. And and I'm much rather gravitate towards someone saying, "Look, we we're giving you a long biblical set of reasoning why we believe that we should still be meeting in church and that." Um, we think the government's way overstepped their bounds uh, versus we're just going to roll over and see you guys next year. Yeah. Like I, I lean towards um, it'd be easier if John MacArthur's name wasn't attached to it, but I lean towards the first one, the former that you mentioned. Uh, the only caveat is that most people have way too much of an emphasis on like, Oh my God, we can't go to that building. Therefore the government is persecuting us and they're taking our way, our constitutional right. And uh, yeah. the church is not in that building and it never has been or never will be. It's symbolic. There's, there's it some symbolism symbolic. in it. Yes, for sure. And, and I don't think John MacArthur, I know John MacArthur would agree with me in that. I just think most Christians that are freaking out on social media, it's just like, slow your roll. This is not, this is not like communist totalitarianism taking away your right to worship. Um, it is a weird new phase we're in that who knows what's going to come out of it. But it's, uh, again, it's not the crisis that is being made of. Well, maybe it's governmental subterfuge. It starts here, Could Zach. Be slippery slope. It starts here. Uh, Jeff's I'm, itching I'm, not cha- I'm not changing the topic. This came back, well, this kind of started with the idea of like, oh, it's, you know, Christianity, church, do I need this? I don't really know. It's, you know, I'm doing fine. Um, and I've noticed as my kids are, um, you know, on the, uh, the iPad and my son, he's playing video games all the time and he's 15. He's just kind of disappears and goes to his buddies and, you know, comes back at 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, Hey, and I'm like, I am kind of letting, I've kind of, I'm not disconnected from my son, but I'm like, in terms of being a father, I think I'm doing pretty good with him, but I'm kind of letting, I'm getting a little lazy in that, you know, he goes and hangs out with his buddies, but then he comes home and he's straight to like, video games and stuff. We talk about stuff, but before you know it, it's the weekend again. And you're like, right. I, I think I said, good morning and good night. Literally for, it feels like the last the week, week or two. When you're well, coming home, dad, I don't yeah. know when. <laughs> the, I mean, obviously I was gone we'll play this Apex last week, then. But, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I need to, Something in me is like, uh, Jeff, you need to step 
into this because this can't just continue. And, um, and then a part of me is like, you know what? He's just being a 15 year old boy. And, and I, I think a little of me is like, okay, he's going independent. Yeah. He's leaving me. I just, Hey, I'm here. Want to go get a sandwich or something like that? And, and that happens. I'm like, oh, okay. Am I, and I don't think of it as like, I'm being a good Christian, you know, it's like, I need to make sure that I'm a good father to my kids. And Christians don't have the market cornered on being I, good parents. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just don't, don't let it drift. Like, I don't want to let this drift. talk about that. Man. I don't want to let this drift yeah. where I'm I like. I love my parents. I wasn't talking about them. <laughs> be where you become. We were talking about Scott's parents. And I, I think, <laughs> I think that probably happens a lot where things just become so easy. Like life's good. Life's so good. And all of a sudden you're like, five years later, you're like, I don't think I parented my kid for the last, you know, four years of his I, high school life. I think there's this weird sweet spot. And I'm like, was trying to choose my words carefully. I think it's the pretty good. Like, it's not perfect. Right. It's not amazing. It's good enough. And, 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 oh the- gosh, that is not, that's not down my ballpark. Well, good enough is not good enough. It's not enough. I don't know what that is in me, but I'm like, I, f- I fire back to good enough. It's pretty good, but it's got to, no, I'm, I'm disagreeing You're in a weird spot you. though, with, with the age of uh, recognizing we probably should start to land the plane, but. You should have landed the plane 36 minutes ago. I know. The, uh, the, the age of your son, your eldest, is at an age where you, you almost have to let them go. Right. Uh, because as they start to become independent and they're older and they, they start to think their own thoughts, gosh, dang, man, that's stupid. But they do. And the more you want to, you could, there's a version of you right now. That's like, I need to be a better father. I need to be present in his life more where you start to close that gap. And he's like, well, hold on a second. Right. And he resists that. And I recognize And then that. you start to tighten up even more. So there's a version of this, uh, good fatherhood that allows that releases yeah right i think moms probably have a more of a problem with that than dads do it's i think it's more of like uh i i just want to make sure that okay i need to be a little more intentional like i need to set up a, a whitewater rafting trip or something like just so we have something to like you know i did that a couple of years ago i'm like okay I remember I to, you fell out. And yeah. It's like <laughs> we almost lost take, you. <laughs> taking a taking my daughters on, you know, a date or something like that. Like those little things that intentional. Uh, yeah, and I've become a little complacent and I'm recognizing that just in Andy's yeah. uh quote unquote. Did you get convicted? We're doing pretty good. You got convicted tonight, didn't this, you? This this has been going on. So you could say that this was the last straw. Don't, don't deny Andy the credit for convicting you uh, through the Holy Spirit, of course. Andy knows all things. <laughs> <laughs> it's why he went from guest host to permanent host to, hey, is Scott even here? I'm, Hi, Scott. I'm here. Oh, oh sorry, fired. Scott. Scott won't even Shut listen to this. <laughs> but if you do, Scott, be sure and rate and review our podcast. <laughs> 
At Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. I don't know what apps you can rate I didn't realize the airplane wheels had come down, but they are. Or uh, landing. I was just here to plant the seeds of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> you know that we, we're like 95, 90% of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts, and I know you can rate and review on that, so please do that. You know why? It helps other people find our podcast when you do that. Yeah. And it takes literally 30 seconds. If it goes longer than that, you've done something terribly you've wrong. You've done something wrong. You don't. You need to use and your God words, will judge you. but not that many of them. Just use a couple. And, uh, Great podcast. You know, this is kind of like tithing. You need to go rate and review. And if you don't, the devil's coming. And you're going to get a pitchfork in the ass. So Give us more than 10% of the stars, though. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, uh, some Spotify stats, uh, refreshing that it's between 35 and 40% of the audience are of the female variety, or at least people that would state they are female. So shout out to all the ladies out there. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they would state that. I think that Spotify just must assume. It does, but I think you can... I th- actually, I help my kids set up their own accounts and you can uh, de- decline to state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any, regardless. So, uh, this has been hot, hot <laughs> analytics. Hot talk. Analytic, like, yeah, hot. On that, my, I, I uh, join uh, Zoom with people and sometimes I'm under my daughter Kaylee's name, <laughs> like in terms of like analytics. Like, oh, hi, Kaylee. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, well, I'm oh, showing. Oh, Kaylee, do you have a cold today? <laughs> yeah. You sound like you're under the I'm weather. Showing, I'm showing up as my 10-year-old daughter, 11-year-old daughter. And, uh, you know, I'm a 47-year-old man, but I like to, I like to be 11 online. 11-year-old girl. Hi. I'm on Zoom. I'm 11. I don't know if you want to say that out loud. Why? We'll go ahead and edit that out. Yeah. Well, no, they can all see my face that I'm actually a man. So, you know. Well, do you? Okay, let's get out of here. Um, yeah, they, they I got, got one question. You know what? We'll, okay. we'll edit that last dragons. thirty seconds out. They're not Did real. You say dragons? Dragons? Not real. Oh, I want to get a flying one. Dragon areola, scaled or soft? Is it supple or scaled? I'm gonna throw up. Okay. I think that's the weak spot. Yeah, if you're playing a video game, that's where you'd shoot your arrow. Yep, that's where you shoot the arrow. Maximum hit points. Right in that old dragon nipple. (laughs) (laughs) Boing! Boing. (laughs) That was the sound of the arrow going into the nipple. In case you didn't know, Jeff. He just hit A. A is the button you press. Yep. I pulled the ripcord. 20 seconds ago. You hold down the A and then you feel the controller vibrate as the bow draws to his maximum and then you Release. let go. If everybody saw Boing. what I'm seeing right now. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just ridiculousness. Edit it out. All right. Yeah. Four times edited out. This has been great, gentlemen. Thank you. Well, it's been good. Rate and review all the socials at Bros Bibles Beer. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And girls, because guys and girls listen to this podcast. You know, I'm a 47 year old man, but I like to I like to be 11 online. 11 year old girl.
Hi.